1: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey you're listening to
2: the writer than you podcast good morning last show of 2023 it's a christmas ranger let's go Early Merry Christmas, early Happy Holidays, early Happy New Year. We are ready for a great show. And the crowning jewel of this program, the star atop the tree of this two-hour, this festive two-hour writer than you, is bum of the year. We've got a bunch of nominees, a bunch of folks who have... So if you had to win bum of the week at some point this year to be nominated for bum of the year. And Pretty Daddy was up all night going over the tape, listening back. And a few of us weren't, you know, one I was I was bum of the year twice. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Pretty Daddy, executive producer at Pretty Daddy CBS. The Steward of New Jersey. The Care Bear of CBS Sports Radio, because he emits joy everywhere he goes. What is up, buddy? Happy holidays. Happy last day of this show of 2023.
3: Good morning, Bill. Happy hey, Friday to you. Happy holidays. I'm ready for this. I'm ready. You ready? You got a chance at Bum of the Year. You, you
2: were the bum of the week a few times, it turns out.
3: I know you're shocked by that.
2: You and I had different reactions. You won three times. You said... So at the same time on the phone, I said, Wow, that's not very many. And you said, You're a bad guy. (laughs) Well, you're a good guy, which is your way of saying I'm a bad guy. Yes, that is accurate. You were bum of the week three times. Thrice. I was twice. Uh, We have a new new holiday tradition, by the way, at the house. Speaking of the analogy that I use, when we get a Christmas tree, every single time, every time, we buy too big of a tree. And every time, including today the star kind of, um, it uh, it turns. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like it hits the <laughs> ceiling, and the star is pointed the wrong direction. You Christmas vacation this thing? We do. And like I think it's a sign of ambition and positivity and a clear belief every year that our same ceiling is two feet higher than it is, even though it's not. My <laughs> wife doesn't always feel the same way. Are you a real Christmas tree guy? Nope. I got some Dodgers news for you. I got a little you do-, do you want to? You, you want to? All right, so, so some major news for the Dodgers. They have gone all in on the super team approach. And the thing about the Dodgers is they've done this for 10, 12 years. They only have a single World Series to show for it. But they're all in. We know that they got Shohei Otani. That is the big grab. Remember, Shohei will not pitch in 2024 next season, coming off that injury. But there is a major name out there that you may not know. A the shining jewel, the crowning jewel of Japanese baseball, a starting pitcher who is going to be, we think, remarkable. And the Dodgers have landed him. The guy's going to be amazing. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be, we think, a stud. And the Dodgers just gave him, are you ready for this? 12-year, 325 Million-dollar contract to the 25-year-old right-handed pitcher who hits routinely, almost, almost, just so short, 100 miles per hour on the fastball. Remarkable control. Like a lot of pitchers who come over from Japan, he throws a lot of different pitches with a whole lot of confidence. He'll keep you off balance. The guy, by every indication, we'll see, is an absolute stud and a machine. He's won three consecutive MVP awards in Japan. He gets a $50 million signing bonus, and unlike Shohei Otani, there's no deferred money. This dude is just going to be straight up rich, rich, rich from the moment he arrives in America. And, and the Dodgers are not overpaying for his services. They're not bidding like crazy for a guy that is at least around Major League Baseball considered a question mark. Yamamoto was coveted by any baseball team in Major League Baseball who thought they had a chance at the guy. Now, there are some interesting caveats in some of these deals. Otani's deal reportedly has an opt-out if the owner, who took over seven, eight, nine years ago from the McCourts, who's been sensational, or I think more importantly, if if the owner sells, or more importantly, if Andrew Friedman, who's the president of baseball operations, we talk about him a lot here on the show, leaves the organization. All of a sudden, by the way, have you ever heard of a more brilliant strategy from a guy trying to keep his job? Andrew Friedman's going to keep his job. Friedman came from Tampa Bay, was a small market genius, is an analytics guy, is a sabermetrics guy, but has surrounded himself with all kinds of former GMs, old-school and new-school approaches to how to evaluate talent, and the muscle financially that the Dodgers can throw around, including for Yamamoto. I mean, these guys obviously, and Otani, are willing to spend money. But still, once you sign on the dotted line or get Shohei to sign, I will stay here, but if Friedman leaves, I can leave. I mean, Andrew Friedman could just stop coming to work. He could go full office space. He could, go, you know what? That's too old of a reference. He could go full pretty daddy. He could just be like, I'm going to come to the office. I'm going to throw things. I'm going to glare at people. I'm going to, you know what? Certain work tasks are going to be optional, like like keeping track of a bum of the week. You know what I'm saying, Tom? What? It's a good None analogy. None of that is true. None of that is true. He, you know, whatever Friedman wants to do, that guy's going to have a job. The Dodgers are insane and how they've been put together, and the money that they have spent. Now, now Clayton Kershaw, free agent, we'll see what he does, we'll see what his goals are. Remember, in this run for the Dodgers, in which Clayton Kershaw has been largely, not not the last year or two, but largely the star, and they have won the National League West again again and again and again and again, exception again and again and again and again, and they have made multiple World Series or come close. They've only won a single time. They only have one World Series. Clayton Kershaw only has... One World Series. We'll see if he wants to just stick around and be a guy that comes, you know, as a starting pitcher at the three, four, five. Sort of. In this case, the Dodgers will throw six starting pitchers over the course of a year. Six, and, and stay. But it doesn't really matter because Mookie Betts is a former MVP. Freddie Freeman is a former MVP. Shohei is a former MVP multiple times. And Yamamoto, whose name you're going to get to know, is a three-time MVP in, in Japan. And we know that converts. We know that translates. We know that level of baseball can certainly be the same level of baseball here in the States. Shohei Otani is a pretty good reminder. It doesn't necessarily guarantee the Dodgers are going to be successful. And I think what's really interesting about the money they've spent and the commitment they've made to these two players, Otani and Yamamoto, is the fact that over the years when the Dodgers have thrown money at guys, it hasn't translated the kind of success that it should, either because, there's a few views here, I think they all apply, because you can spend money, and not just spend money. Friedman does an amazing, there's actually, I think, a comp to the Rams, who won last night, and we'll get into that in a little bit, beat the Saints. The Rams don't look exceptional, but they are put together really impressively. In baseball, you cannot spend your opponents in in, the NFL, you can't in the long term, right? There's you can in the short term. The consequences come, due, and they got to pull back a little bit. That's what the Rams are going through. But roster construction matters, and the Dodgers have been remarkable at putting together incredible rosters. And that ability, with coupled with the money that they spend, means in a 162 game regular season, it, it, what is really a what's math, math, the math of baseball is the regular season, the baseball most of us I think love, which is. Clutch hitting, a little bit of luck, moments here or there where it's human beings that decide and not some algorithm. That, that's the postseason. So the Dodgers have dominated in the playoffs in large part, or excuse me, gotten to the playoffs and dominated in the regular season. In large part because when you spend that kind of money and you are that good at roster construction, and they are, partially because of the money, you're going to succeed. I think one of the problems they've had is when you get to the playoffs, it's a different kind of baseball. And if you rely on on on-base percentage, which the Dodgers do, and you rely on the three-outcome approach in baseball, which is you accept, especially with launch angle coming into the game, home run, base on ball, or strikeout as as your sort of three, not that you're desiring to strike out, but those are the three expected outcomes, you're going to score a lot of runs over 162 games you're going to be in a lot of positions where all of a sudden in the postseason there's tension and there's stress and there's a higher level of pitching on the other side and there are pitchers that can dominate series and games and you have to generate runs, clutch hitting, and it's a different kind of thing. It's a different psychology. I think it's a different kind of baseball player. I think that gap between what you need in the regular season and what you need in the postseason, part of the reason the Dodgers haven't been exceptional at the level they should. Another part of the reason I think, and it couples with what I just said, is when you have Shohei Otani, and when you have spent $325 million on Yamamoto, and when you have gone and gotten Freddie Freeman, and you've gone and you've gotten Mookie Betts. I mean, just think about it. If you're listening to Milwaukee, right, and you're a Brewers fan, or you're listening to Chicago and you're a Cubs fan, a little bit bigger market, spends, in theory, more money than Milwaukee, or you're certainly listening in, in Kansas City, or, or you're, you're paying attention maybe in a place like Oakland, any of these markets, medium, small, just not the Dodgers or the, or the Yankees or the Mets, if you got Mookie Betts, that would be the addition on which expectation would ride. J- just Mookie. If you got Freddie Freeman, you are the guy, team that went out and stole, stole him. It's not fair. But lured him from the Braves. That would be okay. You know, we need some other pieces, but we are. that's our big jewel. Those guys are afterthoughts. I mean, at least today, to a small degree, sort of, Shohei Otani's almost an afterthought because he's not going to pitch next year. For the moment, Yamamoto's the guy. I mean, it is insane the way in which the Dodgers are built, and yet that creates an absolute level of pressure, an expectation, a need to win, and that pressure translates to players in the playoffs, and they have not been able to live up to it. And, and the other thing I think the other shortcoming that the Dodgers have had in this approach, which they're just doubling down on, and which it, it comes and I think Andrew Friedman's a great GM. He's more than that; he's president of operations. I get it, but let's just call him a GM so we don't we're talking. I think he's incredible at, at running a baseball. Baseball ops, but, but there's a lot of belief within the Dodgers and the community that follows and covers the Dodgers, of which I used to be a member. They will push back on this, that Dave Roberts, who's been there forever since Don Manley went away in 2016, top of my head, I think that's right. That Dave Roberts is a partner of, and some less generous would say a puppet of, Andrew Friedman. And that the decision-making that goes on over the course of a season, what guy to bring in, out of the bullpen, what lineups to put together, are really a Dodger front office concoction and creation executed by Dave Roberts, not decided upon by Dave Roberts. That does a few things. One is that it might mean that the tinkering isn't quite, and the people doing the tinkering, and that's Friedman and the people underneath him, maybe they're not quite as brilliant as they think they are. And the other thing that it does, it, it does to Dave Roberts, I think, exactly what it does to all those ball players it creates a situation where okay over the course of the regular season you are conditioned for one approach to baseball that does not translate to the the playoffs because in the playoffs in game six of the second round where you are up one run or down one run in the seventh inning and you have to make a crucial decision about what pitcher to bring in because Clayton Kershaw's arm is jelly it is going to be more I think of a gut reality and deciding not what the math says over 162 games, but what you your baseball training tells you over the course of this exact moment. And that's always kept the Dodgers, I think, a little bit held back and just be able to to win in these margins. So is it amazing that they got Yamamoto? Yeah, it's really cool. Do I love? And I'm in L.A. I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I love that I'm gonna get to see this dude pitch. He by every account he's exceptional. There's a reason they gave him a record-breaking amount of money as a pitcher. This is more than Garrett Cole. This is more total contract than any pitcher in Major League Baseball history. I love that Shohei Otani is going to be here. I think it's actually exceptionally important for Otani that the Dodgers' ability to win regular season games at the same rate that Cell complains about about me or that I praise Cell, which is to say a lot, means that they don't have to rush him back in a pitching sense. If Shohei Otani were your guy in Milwaukee Brewers fans, in Chicago, I'm a Cubs Fan in Kansas City, Royals fans in Oakland, which will be Vegas, A's fans. If if, if Otani were your big signing to this kind of money, yeah, you'd accept he's not going to pitch next year, but you'd love like, well, maybe the end of the year. Or what, what if we make the playoffs? And what if he's a little bit behind in 2025? And once we get him in, can we rack up the innings on his arm? The Dodgers are going to have the luxury in the regular season at least of being like, you know what, we're going to chill we're not going to pitch them all the time, we're going to be very laid back because we're going to win games, whether or not Otani's out there every four, five, six nights, and they are. But the thing that's always held them back, the approach to a super team that is absolutely guaranteed to succeed in the regular season and that puts pressure on a team built in a different way than you need to win in the postseason doesn't go away. And so for me, the Dodgers become by far the most interesting story in baseball, but not because of the guarantee that they're going to be exceptional. And I'm just assuming Yamamoto's going to be awesome because I think he will be, not because of the guarantee they're going to win a bunch of World Series, but because in the rarest of ways, this is rarely true in baseball, and when it's been true, it's only I think ever been true of the Yankees. In a way that is unique in baseball, the Dodgers had better win multiple World Series in the next two, five, ten years. They better get a bunch of rings. Because Andrew Friedman will be a failure by the standards of the money they're spending. And the Dodgers will be one of the most disappointing professional sports teams in history if they go 20 years of dominating the NL West and having 3-5 to of the top 10-30 to players in baseball year after year after year after year after year after year. And multiple MVPs, and they get over this 20-year stretch. Two World Series. Not enough. I'm not even sure three's enough. They need to win two, three, four of the next 10 to justify the investment, the money, the approach, the domination that they've had. And, and so good for Yamamoto. It's awesome. But be careful, because you could be the Buffalo Bills. God, I am in the 90s, but it, it just kind of hit me that it also, if things don't turn around, could also be right now. Although, to be fair, that Bills team made Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl and got zero, right? It's the, it's the LeBron accomplishment before LeBron started winning these things, the teams that almost win and don't. Or or maybe when Burrow comes back, if the Bengals make a couple Super Bowls and don't win. The difference being, Cincinnati was a surprise. and And the Bills' level of dominance, especially in football, to get to that many Super Bowls in a row, I do think is a mark of greatness, even if they never got the win that makes that true to most of us in the long run. It's not like the Dodgers make a World Series every year. They don't. They're disappointing often in the playoffs. Pressure's on. It's a big signing. It's very exciting. But if they don't win multiple World Series over the course of Shohei's contract and this 12-year deal for Yamamoto, they have failed in a historic way. Merry Christmas, Dodgers fans. We're not. Bah humbug. I don't know. We're going to find out. Just like Charles Dickens, uh, Christmas, a Christmas, a Christmas story. What's it called, Tom? A Christmas tale? I just blanked on it. Christmas Carol? Christmas Carol. Yeah, alliteration. We don't know to the end. My wife reads the, the last page of books, and Wikipedia is the end of movies. And I love my wife. And I've never contemplated on any level divorce, but if I were to, that would be the only reason. Can't read the end of stories. If you could skip to the end and know how the doctors would do, don't do it. Just enjoy the ride for the next ten or fifteen years, unless you want to back to the future this thing and make a bunch of money. I get that. Don't biff. Don't be biff, though. Tom rolling his eyes. Tom is mean to me. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Merry Christmas. All right, Tom had an analogy that he's shy about. Maybe I'll give it to you. It's that Dodger take as a Christmas story. We might throw that your direction. We're going to talk some Rams. I've got a critical question about Christmas trees and the Tom DeCelestino Pretty Daddy Christmas Extravaganza is next on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So
1: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome back to Writer Than You. Good morning. Oh, sorry. The, the N looked like A.D. My name is Tom. I am good at the human interaction. On CBS Sports Radio. Oh, more Tom feeling sorry for you. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by NHTSA. Uh, whether you get pulled over or get into a crash, drinking and driving will change your whole world. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Uh, I was just talking to Tom, 855 2124 CBS. We're taking a call or two here. and And Tom, as I was telling you, it's hard because I want to put the show before everything else, but my natural personality gets in the way. I'm way too nice to you, and I'm easy on you, and I, I'm i going to try in 2024 to just bring a little different energy for you.
3: You're listening to our show, right? Like, yeah. Writer Than You, CBS Sports Radio, that's the show you're listening to when you're saying you're too like, like, nice
2: to me? For example, like, yeah, but if it was my new – persona i would say it's not our show it's my show step back right like that kind of edge
3: did you just hear the rejoin i just played you literally said that to me yesterday
2: it's just too nice and i'm, I'm working on it and i know listeners i know i'm, I'm, I'm too soft Eight five five two one two four cbs is the phone number let's go to st louis where i used to live i live by the Hilltown, which is a great amazing bastion of italian culture and italian food is it awesome ducky's on the line ducky merry christmas happy holidays pal you're on cbs sports radio
4: Happy holidays, Bill. It's nice to finally talk to you for a change that you're in. Uh, I love it, dude. I love it. What's up? Hey, um. so I know I I tweeted you guys yesterday. It was great leadership and you taking Bumble the Week because we were out the last couple of weeks. But uh, I want to talk about Tom. Um, every, every time I nominate Tom, it's a teaching moment, especially about the tickets. If he didn't get the tally, he's nominated. But if he did get it, Let's say he got the tally, I'm still nominating the Pac-12 commissioner for ruining that conference. He's my bum of the year. I like it. He's my bum of the year. And as far as the Dodgers, the Dodgers are the new evil empire. I'm tired of Yankee fans crying about the Steinbrenner's not doing anything. The Dodgers are the new evil empire, Bill. If you ever come back to St. Louis, we do have an adult playground. We're going to do peanut butter and jelly shots on me.
2: <laughs> all right, brother, I got you on Twitter. I would love to get back. I appreciate you. The problem, Tom, is I used to travel all over the country when I did NFL, college football, MLB, along with baseball. When I was what we call in the business a generalist, i go everywhere. Now, over in the other gig, it's NBA's so that want me to be NBA-specific. I only get to NBA today. I, I miss hitting Tuscaloosa and St. Louis Spots like that. Great call, Ducky. Good to have you on the on the air, buddy. Appreciate you. At 855 4 CBS. The Dodgers are the evil Empire. The thing about the Dodgers are, right? That sort of Darth Vader, the Empire, the bad guys thing is that you're right. You're not wrong. They just they don't win enough for them to be as threatening and menacing and frustrating as and anger-inducing as they probably should be. That one world. And look, if you're in the NL West, if you're the if you're the Giants or you're the Padres or you're the Rockies or you're the Diamondback, all right, yeah, you, they win a little too much for your liking. But once you get to postseason baseball, they just have not been able to have the level of success that they should. They haven't been able to dominate in the way that they should. And you know, maybe Yamamoto is going to be 100% a, an absolute game changer. I, I guess. But nothing in their history has shown that getting the big guy, the guy, a stud, changes anything. Doesn't mean that it won't. And, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ducky. I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I'm a fan of Dodgers fans. If that makes sense. I did radio in L.A. for a couple of years. I was on the the station here that actually owns the Dodgers. We talk Dodgers every day. And if you talk a fan base every day, you get to know that fan base. And some of those fan bases are awful. I like Dodgers fans. So I, I root for, I like watching the Dodgers win. If it's against the Cubs, then I'm going the Cubs. But since the Cubs are only good every 108 years, it isn't much of a conflict. 855-212-4CBS. Hey, we got a call from L.A. hey oh, let's go to Los Angeles where I'm hanging out. Mike, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. You're on CBS Sports Radio, buddy.
4: Hello from Los Angeles, California. The new (laughs) team of the new Death Star, a.k.a. the Evil Empire Los Angeles Dodgers. We got a tiny, that was a done deal. We got Yamamoto. If you really think he was going to go anywhere else, you must be out of your mind. Now, if we can get Blake Snell and Hader in, we're going to be the most hated team in baseball for the next 10 years because we can still sign anybody for the next nine years. And anything less than a World Series trip in the next four years and at least two World Series is an absolute failure for the Dodgers. And let me say this right now. everybody is going to love seeing the Dodgers downfall in the playoffs because they can't enjoy their team winning. That's why they hate us. But as far as I'm concerned, we are happy here in Los Angeles. It's time. You know what I'm saying? 99 days, 98 days to the first pitch. If I have to pay $100 for a damn beer and picking $50 for nachos and chips, so be it. I just want to see a parade since 88. That's all I want. This is a Dodger town, not a make Show town. It's all about the Dodgers right now in
2: LA. Hey Amen, brother. Thank you, Mike. Good Dodgers call. He's not wrong, by the way. And and Blake Snell, it, who, By the way, former Cy Young Award winner. Right. You have to win the Cy Young or the MVP to be a Dodger. I guess that's the new rule. There's a there's a, a low key recruitment going on. They want to bring him in. They've got a bunch of guys reaching out, reportedly. It could And i got to give Andrew Friedman credit, the, the guy that runs operations, because the Dodgers do spend a lot of money, I know, and they have a huge payroll, obviously, and Yamamoto and, and Otani, the money they're spending on these guys is insane. However, when Andrew Friedman took over a little bit less than a decade ago, the Dodgers have always had a huge payroll. The Dodgers kept winning, and they signed some guys, but Friedman also cut the hell out of that that long-term spending reality, the commitments the Dodgers had. They brought it down. And at the time, Dodgers fans didn't mind too much because they were winning, and then a bunch of young studs. Remember, Corey Seager was a part of the team. Now he's a Ranger. I love Seager's game. And they had Bellinger, who's gone. But they had this farm system that was producing really impressive players that were very affordable. They were able, and they still had a high payroll, but they cut it down significantly. And the reason that they did it, obviously, was to be able to have the kind of money now, like Mike just pointed out, to go get Yamamoto, to go get Shohei Ohtani, and to be like, hey, Blake, you, know, you want to come hang out? Or whatever guy is going to be available in 2025 or 2026 or 2027. They are the evil empire. They do have an insane amount of money. How nice of Mike not to nominate Tom for bum of the, the year. See, Tom, we're nice here. 855-2124-CBS. Let's um, hopscotch across the country. Which, By the way, hopscotch is a stupid game, but whatever. It's a different story, different day. Let's go to Rochester, New York. Justin's on the line. Justin, happy holidays, brother. Appreciate you listening. You are on CBS Sports Radio.
5: Well, first of all, happy holidays to you and So, I would just like to say that uh, I just really appreciate you guys. I recently uh, started a um, seasonal job to make extra money for the holidays, and uh, so I've listened to the radio. You guys became a part of my uh, everyday routine, and I just really appreciate your uh, guys' takes, your banter, your friendship. It's just all good things to hear in the morning.
2: Justin, appreciate you. You just made my day, brother. Thank you. I love that. I'm going
5: to hang up, and you guys have a great holiday.
2: Merry Christmas, buddy. You too. Thank you. See, Tom, that's... Tom, you know what that is, man? That's a couple things. That's a reminder how lucky we are to do this, that we go into people's lives, right? Justin's doing a seasonal job, making some extra scratch. We get to be part of, of that part of his life. Uh, it's a reminder that, that people are listening, and it's a reminder of how nice I am to you because he's talking about the friendship, Tom. He hears... Now Justin's convincing me maybe I should just keep up with the overkindness, because he hears the conne- what he hears the connection, pal.
3: Yeah, let's just stay with that. Let's not get any worse here. Let's just stay on the yeah. avenue that we're There's on. There's no right now. worse,
2: dude. The friendship we have that that let's be fair, I'm doing ninety percent of the rowing there is <laughs> something Justin hears. You know what I'm saying?
3: I'm certainly not doing any more work.
2: My wife and kids, Lori and the kiddos, Madeline and Henry, love you guys. They're in the car now. Uh, they like to go on rowboats, right? We we go to New York City, we go to Chicago, we go to Spain sometimes. Here in L.A., we don't do it in L.A. very much, but there and it, there's there's like these sort of touristy like here. Give us twenty bucks, and you can go on this rowboat and do the rowboat. thing. kids love the rowboats. Lori's not doesn't like to row. She pretends to row, right? You know, you can feel who's rowing, who's not rowing. That's that reality is an analogy for our relationship. I'm doing all the rowing. You're doing all the drafting. And all you're saying is real faster. I'm
3: not even holding a paddle. I'm not even pretending.
2: There's no friendship paddle in your hands. They're (laughs) my hands. Best friends, buddy. Best You know what? Best friends can be hard on each other. I'm going to bring it next year for you and for the show. I'm going to try to hold you a little more accountable, right? Get a little edgy. Give you a hard time sometimes. No, no, no. No yeah, accountability.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm not Mike McDaniel standing up in front of the team you know during the film session saying no one's like, accused it's you my that. fault. It's my it's not. It's not my fault. <laughs> anything that goes wrong, it is not my fault.
2: Not Tom's fault. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. By the way, Tom, I'm gonna be off uh, next week and a half and I have a message for the listeners, but it's really a, a message for you. If you, dear listener, you Tom, are, are really gonna miss me and are like, Man, I wish I had some bill in my life, because we, we we won't be on the air. I am really excited that I will be on CBS Sports HQ on Christmas Day from about. Let me do the math on this. I have to do Eastern time. It shouldn't be this hard to add three hours, by the way. From about 8 o'clock at night until about 11 o'clock at night here and there, I'm going to be on CBS Sports HQ talking NBA, which I'm really, really excited about. So if you miss me, Tommy, right? If the eggnog's gone bad or you've had. It's really good. You've had a lot of it and you've been spiking the eggnog and. You know, the wife and you were just like sitting around the fireplace, right, and Will's sleeping, having had his Christmas, and you need a little Bill Ryder, don't call me, even though you can, just turn on HQ, okay?
3: I think that means don't call me, because I'll never answer the phone.
2: No, 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 just don't, just, because then you can see me. I was, I had to go to a grocery store, (laughs) this is a really great story, I had to go to a grocery store the other day, I'm a storyteller. Lori and I went to a grocery store we never go to, because we made a little veal salt and boca, which was... Amazing, by the way, and there was a whole case. You know, like in every community, there's there's the milk they sell in the glass bottles. You gotta you gotta pay the deposit and they gotta bring it back, but it's fresh. It's supposed to be fresh, kind of ish milk, fancy milk. I don't buy it, but you know the fancy milk.
3: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't buy Laura, fancy milk.
2: Lori used to buy this fancy milk, and you, you it's like a two or three dollar deposit for the glass. And then you have to take it back, and then they 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 so then you basically when you buy your milk, you take your empty milk bottle, and then. You get another one so that you don't have to pay the deposit because you're what returning the one. What in the world? Well, listen to this. So years ago, gosh, she wanted the kids to have like more calcium. I don't know. Just give them some, some, some Captain Crunch and throw some milk in there. Who cares? I I was cleaning out our ah, one of our drawers, and I found, I kid you not, 20 milk bottles. It was like <laughs> a, it paid for Christmas that year. <laughs> We're never buying these again because you obviously don't take the milk bottles back. So I saw one of those fancy milk bottles, but I stopped. Because it was eggnog. It was fancy, schmancy, and I almost bought it, but I can't remember whether or not I like eggnog. And really, I couldn't remember what to spike it with. I don't, like, do I, do you put, do you put, is it brandy or rum or bourbon? I don't know. I've never had eggnog. It's, it's, here's the thing. It's a lot like sushi or, or hamburger maybe. Yeah, hamburger's a bad example. So it's like sushi or a hot dog. If it's good, it's outstanding. If it's bad, God help you. I'm you know not going to try it. I don't like trying no, I don't try, try new things. You try the fancy schmancy stuff because it's going to be good, dude. I've you don't already
3: decided I don't like it without having tried it.
2: It. I don't know what's in it, though. It doesn't look that appetizing. Brandy is the most traditional alcohol to pair with eggnog. I don't have brandy. I guess I could buy, buy some. Oh, you can also use a mixture of dark rum or cognac. See, even the, even the alcohol is fancy. I have some cognac cuz we make some we make some french onion soup from time to time and you have to put that in there at the end. I don't have any of that stuff in my house. I think I'm going to buy the fancy schmancy and this this is the fancy schmancy grocery store cuz we had to find veal. And you go in there and lettuce is like $18 a head. What are rich people doing?
3: Stuff I know nothing do, about.
2: Do you know what I'm saying? And they're, instead of like real soda, they have fancy schmancy carbonated like this came from Italy it's like six little ones for $180 or something I get the one that says cola that's <laughs> where I'm at when I worked at Walmart when I was in high school and college I used to buy all the Walmart branded stuff it wasn't awesome in retrospect although their peanut butter cups were pretty good that's what we got in our house you do yeah we don't buy name brand things I'm going to rock some eggnog. I wish I'd done this before so we could have done an eggnog review. I'm going to rock some eggnog, and I'm going to throw some cognac in there. Sunday night, nothing to do. Not working till Christmas Day on CBS Sports HQ. Can't wait. going to, you know, just kind of hang out.
3: You let me know in about 10 days the next time we speak, because clearly you don't want to talk to me over, you know, holiday vacation, and let me know how it was.
2: Love everybody calling. Love hearing from Mike. Love hearing from Justin. Love hearing from Ducky. Um, they really leaned into our friendship. I just want to. Can I? Can I ask you an a honest friendship question? I want a real yes or no. no none of this diesel bluster, pretending, trying to be all hard. I'm authentic. Oh, diesel hard. What, what's your question? You're not Vin Diesel, okay? Diesel. Sadly, that
3: never worked out.
2: <laughs> Would you like me to drunk dial you over the holidays? Uh, I'm gonna go with no. Strong no. <laughs> that's that's a failure. That's a friendship failure. On whose part? That's a friend on your part. You want to drunk dial me? I think it'd be funny. Get some eggnog in me. Get some cognac at Sunday night because I know you're on. Get some Tony. No, thank you. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Vin Diesel on you next year. In 2024, I'm gonna get hard. I'm gonna get tough. I'm coming at you. I've been too soft with you. Our friendship, you take advantage of. I'm doing all the rowing. I don't even want to paddle. You don't even want to be in the boat. You know what? Speaking <laughs> of which, neither any of the Lakers. Apparently, they're just not interested in playing basketball. Uh, so we'll get into a little bit of the Lakers, their struggles, their disappointments, their underwhelming nature, why they're like Pretty Daddy, after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Boat. This
5: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
1: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Welcome back to Writer Than You. By the way, soft like Charmin is a great expression to put down but it also is a reminder of what an amazing branding job that particular toilet paper company did. On CBS Sports Radio. Letting that sink in. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for playing that one, Tommy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hard on you. Uh, Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the free Odyssey app. Get on the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. I mean, no restrictions have applied to our friendship, Tom. But I'm I'm taking them off. Here we go. Our restrictions have applied. Now I'm taking them off. No more governor. Nothing. Been Let too loose. easy on you. I mean, by any real metric, you would be a odds-on favorite to be bomb of the year. If we're being honest. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. Pretty You're you have the second most wins this year, and yeah. I I honest I honestly feel like I, I held I, I, I held back. I pulled my punches several times this year.
3: I don't think so.
2: You power for like three weeks afterwards, and then it becomes self fulfilling.
3: <laughs> Thank you for that.
2: I'm a good guy. Do you want to give us your Christmas analogy of the Dodgers? No, with this no, thing because it's not mine. It's not. You mine. Sure, it's not oh, mine. Oh, oh, Yamamoto. Now no,
3: I re- now I really don't want to do it. <laughs> no,
2: you don't. No, you don't. Um, the Dodgers are an LA team with a lot of hope. The Lakers are an LA team without a lot of hope. Who will be playing on Christmas Day? Well, I'll be working. By the way, I tell you this, I'm really excited. CBS Sports <laughs> 4- HQ, uh, the night shift. Come check it out. Some some post and pregame. Uh, The the Lakers have lost four in a row, they've lost five of six, they look hapless and overwhelmed, and I'm going to let you listen to LeBron from from a few days ago, but first let me just tell you something. It's December! The idea that the play-in tournament, an extra two games, somehow put such a avalanche of time and weariness upon your worthy, heroic body that you can no longer compete is absurd. And LeBron misses a lot of time. They are load managing him while not load managing him. He misses. He didn't play last night. He doesn't. He sits out a lot. Okay, fine. But this, to me, the the, the excuse-making from LeBron, the clear attempt to say, oh, it was the in-season tournament that did it, annoyed the hell out of me.
4: It's a combination of everything. I mean, it's the emotional fatigue, it's the physical fatigue, it's the the grind of the season fatigue. And when you're not winning, obviously, that's the frustration fatigue. So it's a combination of everything.
2: The emotional fatigue? Try connecting with Pretty Daddy every day, and then you can talk to me about emotional (laughs) fatigue. The emotional fatigue of the in-season tournament and, and just playing basketball games? Soft? Look, I'm a LeBron I think I'm actually very honest on LeBron. LeBron's people think I'm I'm awful to him, and people that hate LeBron think I'm a sycophant. So I think I'm I'm in the right zone, right? I'm in the Goldilocks zone, Tom. I like LeBron. I think he's amazing. I think he's the best player of all time. He is soft like Charmin right now, okay? Soft like Charmin, like like six six layered Charmin. Give me a br- the emotional fatigue, bro. The the Warriors. When they collapsed, it's unfair because they got hurt, but when they failed to beat the Raptors a few years ago in the finals and everybody went down to injury but Steph, they had a right after that finals. They didn't do it, by the way. They had a right to come out and say, the emotional fatigue of the last four or five years and the championships and the wins and the losses and the battles. I mean, okay, fine, because they had been playing basketball with a limited break and an extra two months of basketball at the end of every regular season for half a decade. The emotional fatigue of right now? Give me a break. So it's, it's from one hyperbole to another. From everything is too hard to every game. Look, I know they're the 10 seed or whatever the hell they are right now. I know they're not doing amazing. I know Darvin Ham is out there saying ridiculous things like Austin Reeves is going to play 28 20. What I'm going to do, see, is I'm going to have him play 29 minutes a game. So he's more efficient. I'm going to take my third best player and have him play less. I cracked the code. Good job, Darvin Ham. Unbelievable. And now we got Anthony Davis looking at the schedule because they play a really good Thunder team, who by the way beat the Clippers uh, last night. They got a, they got a really good Thunder team, and I didn't realize this. and I'm an NBA insider, so, so shame on me. Doc my pay at CBS. Apparently, it's an elimination game tomorrow.
3: So the NBA season is going to be some ups and downs. Um, you just got to continue to fight, continue to play, play hard, play with some effort, some energy, and uh, you know we're treating Saturday as a must win.
2: We're treating Saturday like a must-win. I mean, just stop with the... like. Okay, Anthony Davis and a lot of his Lakers colleagues are the first ones to complain to the media that we, um, that we do the most basic perspectives and that we go with cliches and we don't understand the nuance of the game. You have to play to understand. Or maybe I should have played in the NBA, and then I would have understood why tomorrow's game is a must-win, where literally if they don't lose, it's all over. I, I I that's my fault. Fo- look, I am only I'm five ten when I lie at the driver's license. I think I might have been five ten in high school. Clearly shrinking cause now I'm and I don't even say there's a lot of confidence. Let's say it was con- I'm five nine, sort of. I am five almost five nine. So I did not play in the NBA, though I got some moves, so I'm not gonna lie. I whatever experience I would have had playing in the NBA would have gotten to that place where I realized that tomorrow is an elimination game, even though we're twenty seven games into the season. I didn't realize that the Lakers lose tomorrow. They're eliminated from every... Do they, do they get to keep playing, Tom? What a joke, man. They get In to a... keep playing, but Bill, LeBron's <laughs> going to be
3: 39 years old. We're not cutting him any slack here?
2: Hey, I'm not 28 anymore, and I'm working to manage my body, and I'm not playing, we're not playing the level we want, I wish I was available more, and I, I'm exhausted, but I'm going to fight through it. Fine. We, the emotional... The emotional exhaustion? I'm emotionally exhausted having to parse LeBron's excuse-making. They
3: went through that banner ceremony at Crypto.com for the in-season tournament banner. There's a lot going on with the Lakers right now, Bill. As bad as they've been, they're a game over five hundred. It's better than the pace they were on last year, and they got to the Western Conference Finals last year.
2: Yeah, but now they're emotionally taxed. They're, uh... I almost called you LeBron. I don't know if that would have been a huge compliment to you or a huge put down for LeBron. I almost called you LeBron, pretty daddy. Yeah, okay, they're 15 and 14. They're in the 10 seed. There's a lot. This, this is the thing. I, I know. They're not emotionally exhausted. It's not a must-win game tomorrow. They can easily rattle off and probably will because it's LeBron James. 12 wins in a row at some point in January or February or March. I have seen this story a thousand times. LeBron's teams always start slowly. It's a must-win game tomorrow. Why are you retiring the day after that, Anthony? You want to go out on a high note? Get past the cliches. I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm over it. Oh, we're emotionally drained. No, your roster is incomplete. LeBron James is playing infrequently. Anthony Davis has the physical makeup of Humpty Dumpty when it comes to durability, and that leads to all kinds of question marks. He does.
3: All right, if I'm an LA sports fan, big LA day today. A lot happening on the what West LA Coast. today, yeah. If you had to rank your confidence moving forward in the Dodgers, the Rams, Rams. we're not going to talk about the Chargers.
2: Oh, yeah, the, oh, but I forgot to bring that up. Rams won yesterday. Yay.
3: And I'll throw in the Clippers and Lakers. All right, in order. Yes.
2: <laughs> to win a championship or to have a great season?
3: Let's go championship.
2: All right, Dodgers are going to be one. Are you ready for this? Rams are going to be two. Whoa! Oh, yeah! Stafford's balling, dude. 14 touchdowns, I think one pick over the last little run. Five games? Memorize that. Tom didn't just tell me with his hand. <laughs> Beat a bad Saints team, dominated them until they were like, oh, let's stop playing defense. Um, Who's in a better
3: spot, the Clippers or the Lakers?
2: Lakers, Clippers. Wow. Look, both those teams have, I mean, like, if Anthony Davis is Humpty Dumpty, Kawhi Leonard is the pieces that didn't get put back on. So, I mean, I, I, neither of those guys are reliable. That's a really good question, Tom. Pretty good for a guy to be bum of the year. I'm impressed. Let's talk, oh, let's ask Nick what he thinks. Uh, Nick is going to weigh in on bum of the year and pretty daddy next here on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.